All right, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Back of the Guide Shack. Today I'm talking with Aaron Dabridge. Say hello, Aaron. Yo, what's up? Oh, just living the dream, brother. John Cena music, baby. <laughs> so uh, I noticed that you had just gotten off the middle fork. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, Middle Fork Mayhem 2020. It was one to remember for sure. Great, we had a great time down there. But uh, I'm just gonna tell you guys a story and tell you uh, tell you a few things that we learned from doing Marsh Creek, especially if you're thinking about doing it yourself. Um, you know, you just want to go in there and be extremely prepared. Be extremely, uh, you know, dress warm, bring extra blankets, all the things that you know, can go wrong, might go wrong, like losing your dry bag or, you know, some, you know, getting your sleeping bag wet and having to camp in the snow. Cause that definitely happened to, uh, to one of us on our trip. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, Marsh Creek is a 17 mile tributary, uh, to the middle fork of the salmon. And the road that goes in there goes up over a 5,000 foot pass. So, it's uh usually snowed in uh you know in the early spring uh so boaters will uh put in on this marsh creek and it starts off it's about 100 cfs maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less even as you come down they're just tributaries start pouring in all over uh eventually it meets up with the middle fork salmon about 17 miles down uh the thing about Marsh Creek is that there's several avalanche paths that cross the river. Uh, so, you know, an avalanche will break off in the wintertime, bring all those trees and debris down into the riverbed. So, I mean, it, it, the river is a, is a creek, you know. There's not big eddies, anything like that. You really have to be on your toes. It helps to have an extra person on the raft that can jump out and, you know, grab you before you go into a log pile, which you know, definitely happened to me. And I was thankful that I uh, had picked up a passenger. Um, <laughs> that sounds yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, we made it down our first five, six months, you know, we got a beta weeks before the trip, you know, there's always like a, a mountain buzz conversation going on online and stuff about the wood. And our friend uh, Luke Henthorne had been down uh, at the end of April and he sent me a message saying, you know, that there's definitely a couple places that you might have to portage or look out for logs. So we kind of knew what we were uh, getting into going in there. We, uh, we brought walkie talkies, which are a good idea on the river. You can check in with your friends or it makes it easy to communicate, you know, hand signals are only so effective, especially if, you know, it's just hard to hand motion people around so having the walkie talkie is clutch um the next time that we go in there i'd like to have more of them so that we have them on all the boats especially as you know rafts start in or you know we have swimmers like we don't lose our walkie talkie support um so anyways we make it down to our uh, portage number one is about five miles down the river now we didn't actually portage we just kind of stood in the river and kind of pushed the rafts through these, you know, log pile or, you know, around these logs that were river wide. Uh, we also brought like saws and stuff. So we were sawing off little branches and, you know, things like that as, uh, 
you know, and what we were doing is we were sending a raft down. They would get down to the log pile or whatever, and we kind of make sure that they went over straight and just pushed them over. The creek's not very deep in a lot of places. Um, so we made it through our first portage, and it took us a, a while, like maybe 45 minutes, something like that. We got down to the next portage or the next, you know, obstacle or whatever, and I come around the corner, and my friend Greg was kind of pinning on this log, and, you know, Greg's a really good cataractor and has a lot of experience. He's from, he li- he moved from the uh, Northwest out to, I- or yeah, I guess uh, it's all in the Northwest, but uh, he moved out from Portland out to Idaho about a year or two ago. And uh, so, I mean, just to do more cataracting and stuff like that, run the North Fork Payette and things in that, you know, in, in that like extreme uh, realm. Uh, so anyways, Greg, you know, kind of balanced his cataract off this thing and we started cutting branches off and, you know, it was a, a pretty obvious portage for, you know, most, most paddlers and uh raft comes down and they, they start to go over the log. And as they do, the raft turns sideways and the, the raft becomes like pinned vertically on the, on the log and then flips over as the raft flips uh, the log lifts up about two feet out of the water, you know, all that buoyancy on the cat and starts floating downstream on the upside down cataract. And, uh, Oh my gosh, know, we made it down about, it made it down, you know, it was like all hands on deck swimmers in the water tree, a 30 foot long tree floating down on an upside down cataract. Um, you know, it got down to, you know, obviously another log pile and kind of pinned in there. And, uh, we all came down and you know everybody was you know okay or whatever uh so busting out our gear and uh luckily uh one of the guys on the trip had brought a like a chain come along and uh some toe strap and the way nice. that was pinned uh you know like you can you can set up a z drag but i mean if you ever tried to pull a car or something with a throw bag rope you know they're not very strong and they'll they'll eventually break with that chain and that toe strap, we're able to hook it up onto that, onto the tree, cut the branches off and flip it back over. The whole thing took about maybe like 30 minutes once we started like actually like getting to the raft and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, like, we, you know, that's like Marsh Creek It's like, you gotta be overly prepared, you know, for, for anything like something like that could happen especially with how tight the creek is, how you're just kind of going down. Nobody, you don't know where the wood is, but it's in there. Um, anyways, you know, having that gear, though, really saved us a lot of, a lot of ha- river. Yeah, that's pretty and, dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we, we dealt with the pinned raft there, and we took off from there, and our mishaps didn't really end, you know, uh, the raft. <laughs> down maybe like five six miles from there and uh we uh we ended up getting a pop somebody hit like a tree branch or something or a sharp rock and it popped their raft so we ended up having to camp up there on marsh creek which is usually not you know your standard uh camping area you know like it was just the off the side of the river like we found a spot that was pretty level and that we didn't have to carry the kitchen stuff too far and a little bit of a camping area, but like we were literally camping in like a burn area 
So there was lots of dead wood and we made like a huge bonfire on our fire pans and, you know, so everybody could get warm. One of the, one of the guys on the trip, his, uh, his, his, uh, dry bag was like a Walmart dry bag thing. I don't know what the hell, but, uh, anyways, his sleeping bag was wet. And, uh, Ooh. so huge, we made this huge fire and, uh, kind of dried him out and, you know, like as the night went on and the, you know, we just kept on grabbing logs and, uh, he passed out by the fire. You know, I brought a couple extra blankets cause I knew that it, you know, like, shit happens like you got to be prepared for for anything right so i have a couple (laughs) give them those and uh we just like made like a pile of firewood next to him and just you know he just kept throwing logs on the fire you know like we were literally camping in the snow on the side of the you know on the side of the creek maybe you know 500 feet lower elevation than the put-in so above six thousand feet still um i'm not sure about the numbers but like still like high elevation camping lots of snow um you know there were some bare spots and that's kind of like where we picked to set up the tents was where there wasn't a lot of snow but to get to like the kitchen area you had to walk through a snowbank so anyways we're up there we had a good fire we got the raft repaired enough to like kind of limp it down i mean like it got down to probably like 25 degrees or something like the water in the dish pails was frozen. My water in my water bottle was frozen. Like it got really cold that first night, you know? And, uh, I definitely, that was definitely the coldest night that, that I had out there, you know, just, I was freezing, shivering, you know, (laughs) like trying to keep warm, but yet like, you know, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, we got, you know, the glue really doesn't, raft glue doesn't work when it gets that cold and it's already wet and damp. And so anyways, we took off and, you know, we used about half of our glue trying to repair it. We got down to dagger and, you know, like we, we took a good look at it and just kind of made the decision not to run dagger and, uh, start portaging and camp there and stuff like the water came up to like five and a half feet while we were out there. And it just didn't oh, look like there was a, uh, you know, like, I mean, f- f- uh, five and a half isn't like unheard of water levels, but uh, the problem. Yeah, but that's, was, that's higher water though. I mean, definitely. what did it start off at? Uh, like four. So it came okay. up, so, you know, it like came up like a whole foot and a half while we were out there on the river. Um, we kind of like, uh, <laughs> just made the decision as a group you know like yeah it, it wouldn't be a big deal to run the rapid but there was a river wide log pile that's right after dagger falls kind of around this corner and just my my gut feeling was just bad about it you know running it with you know eight nine rafts on the water you know somebody pops an oar out above that log pile all of a sudden you're gonna have yourself like an epic like shit show you know <laughs> Again, other than the ones that we are, all all the stuff that we had overcame, we just decided, you know, it'd be easier to portage around. So we made the portage, the water dropped a little bit the next day. We got on middle, on like the, you know, went by Boundary Creek or whatever and got on Middle Fork proper. And uh, we just had one hell of a time. We hot springed uh, at Sheep 
at uh, Sunflower and at Loon, which is pretty incredible. I mean, there wasn't really anybody on the river just because of the the amount of bullshit to run Marsh Creek. Our friends, though, they put on the day after us, and we were waiting for them. Um, we were waiting for them, you know, expecting them to catch up with us, and they didn't come down right away. And we knew something was something was up with their trip, and we ended up actually meeting up with them at Loon uh, a couple nights later, and they had pinned a raft basically in the same spot as we did. And uh, one of the guys hurt his shoulder, and, you know, like it was more of an ordeal than what we had. Um, and, uh, you know, you just, like, if you're thinking about doing Marsh, just be prepared for the worst and, you know, like, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, that sounds like a wild adventure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely more on the wild side, and it's still scenic, but I would say it's more wild. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for uh, sure. And some years, you know, when you get those early permits like that, you'll get lucky and get a boundary launch. We got, and, you know, it kind of helped like those people that have been down the middle fork before but hadn't done marsh you know just having some like awareness of like how the trip works out and stuff really helped us out on the on our marsh creek adventure yeah sounds like it holy smokes so lots of of elk and hot springs and like i mean if you ever go out to idaho i mean you could go out there on a two-week long vacation and just go to different hot springs around the state and soak and relax and it would be a an epic epic trip uh the middle fork has hot springs on it they're not you know they're not super nice but they're like natural hot springs i got mites at one of them like little i was kept getting these little bug bites and then like somebody's like oh that's probably from the mites that were in sheep eater hot spring it was snowing so we were just seeking refuge in the hot springs that day i think everything probably was that's why you ended up with yeah. all those bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, man. Uh, have you started your guiding season? Are you uh, just in a holding pattern? Like, Well, I was supposed to launch on the snake tomorrow. Okay. Uh, but Monday I like started having like cold sweats. Yeah, and having a little trouble sleeping. So I thought maybe it would be not cool to go on a trip with a bunch of people like right after I was sick. So now I have a week off, but no, I've already done one downriver trip. I've done an upper Klamath trip, uh, a couple nugget trips and a few day trips so far. Nice, bro. Nice. Yeah, we've been, uh, yeah. Good, I mean, four words about this year. Best water year ever. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, like, dude, we've been getting water. Uh, We live up here in White Salmon, so we're right next to like uh, the White Salmon River, I guess. But uh, (laughs) the backyard is the Green Trust, and it's been four feet or you know high threes, fours for months now, Um, which is fine. I mean, there's other great sections to run when it's high like this. Uh, We've gotten lots of time on the Wind River, uh, the has been running since um i want to say like late october i think was the first runs early november and uh it's been running steady which 
the last couple of years, like they, they actually moved the little white race because like the water just, you know, it, it's kind of like an earlier seat, you know, it was just, it was just such low water when they typically have the race in April that they moved it up to March. And uh, we've, we're still at like good runnable levels, not like just low water, you know, bullshit. It's like still like pretty high water. Like it was, three and a half which is like getting into that good like you know first time levels about three three so it's close to that it gets up to about three seven and it's a scary motherfucker like you better hold <laughs> on um and uh it's just hard i mean it's hard to explain unless you've been there but if you watch like dane jackson videos like the first rapid has to be about a mile long finishing at uh boulder sluice which is like a class five rapid in anybody's eyes you know um and then it just continues on down there lots of lots of like little booths must make booths you know because you don't want your boat or raft to be full of water or kayak obviously uh you have your skirts so that's not as much of an issue but you want to really be on top of the water so you have to like have a solid booth and just the endurance level because you're running so many rapids back to back like that is is something that you really don't get on a lot of rivers anywhere else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had my first experience with that kind of water, like on a commercial level on the upper Klamath the other day. Okay. Where it was like, holy shit, dude. Like we're yeah. just going down. Like what yeah, is the elevation change? Because yeah. every rapid we're running, I feel like we're dropping 30, 40 feet. Yeah. You know, it's good when you look downstream and you're like, oh, you can actually see the river dropping. Like, you look yeah. downstream and you're like, oh, you can see that there's like a hill and the water's going down the hill right now. Uh-huh. Uh, we had an epic time at uh, Pesh Fest earlier this April. Good turnout for the festival. We uh, threw now, ourselves a... What's that? Now, you throw Pesh Fest, correct? Uh, well, you know, my friend you Dale and- runs, uh, you know throws Pesh Fest at his rafting company and I've been okay. there since the start of it so it's you know kind of part of you know it's part of me but it's like uh definitely Dale's thing um especially the last couple of years he's just been you know organizing the races and the prizes and all the stuff for people to come out and do and check out at the river this year uh the most they had a couple uh an event every day of the festival so like one night was like the hot wing challenge you had to eat hot wings in a certain (laughs) amount of time i don't fuck with the spicy so i didn't do the hot wing challenge uh (laughs) i thought that they were having chicken shit bingo do you know what this is have you ever seen it i've never heard of chicken shit bingo (laughs) they feed the chickens a bunch of shit like a bunch of food or whatever and then they shit on the bingo squares (laughs) <laughs> yes yes this is this is wisconsin boating ladies and gentlemen they have <laughs> chicken shit bingo you can only get this at pesh fest um we uh my, my buddies and i we you know like you know like it's it's kind of it's fun to hang out in the bar and all the where all the activities are going on but we've made a humongous epic bonfire that you can see like anywhere in the campground you could just see our bonfire and we let it go all weekend long we literally cut down 30 foot trees and threw it into this thing. And it was just ashes by the end of the, by the end of the weekend, Dale actually owes me a bill for all the brush removal. 
that we did. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, pretty epic, and the weather was nice for the festival, you know, for Wisconsin weather. And uh, where, we were lucky where at in Wisconsin are you? Where is this okay, taking place so, exactly? So Green Bay, Wisconsin, most people know the Green Bay Packers, Frozen, Lambeau Field, uh, Tundra, Lambeau Field. It's about an hour north of there. Um, okay. And the river, you know, it starts up in the, you know, northern Wisconsin and kind of flows down into uh, into uh, Lake Michigan there. So uh, it's a fun, like, class three-plus river with, you know, like little slides, like granite slide rapids and holes and hydraulics. So it's good for playboats and slicey crafts and, um, you know, small rafts and duckies and stuff like that. And usually we have the festival, you know, like, the typical peak water time of the year or you know like from the snow melt and uh so we usually get pretty good water levels um this year we were lucky we got plus 17 which is kind of a medium water level for patch fest but still really good uh it was my it's actually my favorite level it's where you can actually go into the bottom of the rapids and surf in the hydraulics um when it gets lower it gets a little bit more rocky and a little bit less splashy when it gets bigger those holes in hydraulics become kind of scary, sort of retentive, uh, not <laughs> as friendly places to be. So we got a good water level for like the beginners and the intermediates that come out to Pesh Fest. Um, yeah, and it, it just, it was an awesome year. We had people from, you know, that came out from West Virginia and from uh, Kentucky, but most of the people are from Wisconsin, Illinois, or Minnesota, Michigan. Um there's not a whole lot of paddlers out there. So like, you know, you have a festival like that and people tend to gather. And I, I want to say that there's probably 300, 400 people at the festival in total between the bar, the rafting company and the, you know, festival or the campground there. And uh, I think everybody had a good fucking time, to be honest. I, I don't think that there's any drama or complaints or, you know, just good times. Nobody was aggressively asking other people to see their butthole with gunshots. Uh, well, I can't say that that didn't happen, but that's you know, more of a was, uh, maybe that's more was, of a boatsmith thing. More friendly asking, you know, like, hey, <laughs> let me see your butthole, and you want to shoot my gun off? <laughs> hey, you got any uh, maple syrup or fireworks? <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, the people in Wisconsin are, you know, uh, like extremely like uh, just crafty. And uh, so there's lots of like people that make their own gear, like paddles and shit. Actually, there's this one guy that's up there. Uh, he makes uh, these paddles. It's called Minglewood. Check them out online. Um, they, uh, they're beautiful, beautiful paddles. And he comes up and he shows us all these paddles and wood helmets and the the wood grains and you know his his paddle that he made me i think had 25 different kinds of wood in it or something holy he goes, hey smoke. man you want to he goes hey man you want to smoke a bowl i go yeah he pulls out a fucking stick dude like a stick after showing us all these like art pieces we're smoking weed out of a stick voters <laughs> 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 for you though and uh that's why i got up there um we ended up like my family's up there and we just got engaged and we're doing a wedding on the, on the road next, uh, next May. Um, so like, you know, we were kind of out there with my parents and stuff like that. And the, uh, we ended up making our way on our way home. We ended up, uh, going up to uh, Lake, Lake Superior, 
uh, just north of Duluth. And uh, we ended up getting some epic water up there and gone on some really fun runs. And uh, I ended up sticking around a couple extra days. Uh, there was a group of kayakers that were coming up, some of the better kayakers in the area. This guy, Clint, and uh, Brian Robin and uh, Hunter. Uh, we were all up there, and we just we had one of the best days of boating that I've ever had. Um, a lot of it had to do with the crew that we were out there with. Everybody was just vibing off of each other, kind of pushing each other in the right direction. There was beginners, you know, like a little bit more hesitant beginner boaters that we were showing down. Uh, we went up there, we ran the Split Rock River, which is right by the Split Rock Lighthouse. Uh, it flows into Lake Superior. Big, it's got a uh, big, big slides uh, going down. So it's an amazing run for rafting. Uh, but I think it's only been rafted about three times <laughs> just cause it's in Minnesota and you know, the people that raft out there are rafting on the class threes and fours. This is like class five plus kind of big boy territory. And oh, we're wow. going down and it, you know, we scout the first rapid and you know, the kayakers are like, all right. You, and I've ran the run before, but this is the, the highest I've ever ran it. And so, you know, it comes down, it's about a 20 foot slide. 20 foot drop, maybe a 40 foot slide, something like that into a big hydraulic and uh, kind of like an eddy. And they go, okay, once you come down this, don't look at the next rapid. It goes, it goes good, but it doesn't look good. They're like, just go left down the slide. Well, I, you know, took their beta <laughs> paddled down that first drop. So everybody, you know, kind of dropping in was like, all right, I'm going to do the same thing. And I was R wanting, and uh, so I get some momentum going. You want to get kind of going fast so that, like, as you start descending the slide, you can still move your momentum in the, you know, direction of the slide. You know, you're kind of going, up, you know, start left, end right. You know, you're kind of, like, building that momentum. So uh -huh. kind of I'm doing that. I get my momentum going, and I'm like, all right, I'm going left down the slide. And so I start going, and it's like a fucking 50-foot slide. And I'm looking down the slide and I'm just looking at the wall. I'm way, way, way too far left and I'm trying to work right and it's just not going to happen. So I brace for impact, you know, at this wall coming down a hundred foot slide. The raft stands up on one tube on the wall and I'm going, oh, fuck. There's this video online. It's probably 10 years old now or something like that. And it's a guy that's swimming in the same spot that I'm about to swim at but he swims down the next like three or four slides. There's a picture of his ass cheek at the end of the video. And it is literally cut in half. That is how fucking sharp these rocks are. And I'm about to Ooh. do the same thing. So the rat <laughs> and you know, I'm on GoPro. I looked at it and I'm just, I high sided, but I was cursing the entire time. And the raft somehow sat back down. I got one paddle stroke in and then I was down the next four slides just like in an instant, you know, and I was like, holy shit, that almost went so wrong. But, you know, like having a solid crew out there makes you feel more confident. Um, running big stuff will make you feel confident. Like we could, we can't, you know, we started like just having fun out there though. And uh, that was, you know, the thing is like every, we come down the bottom of the drop and, you're like fuck yeah that was good you know and look at everybody's face and they're just smiling all right what's next you know and we're just kind of helping each other down um down this run and then you know the river runs out into lake superior 
and the water like pushes out like about a quarter mile and we were out there and there was actually like some uh small craft advisories from all the wind and it makes big waves out there we saw some places where there was like 15 foot waves and I was like, man, that's crazy. That looks just like the Pacific Ocean does, you know? Like, we come out there <laughs> to the beach, and you're like, you see these huge fucking waves, and it's like that on a lake, you know? Well, we get out there a quarter mile at the Split Rock, and there's like, you know, maybe like three-foot waves or something, but it was one hell of a time. We got to surf them back into the beach, and then we're like, all right, well, let's go run something else. So we went and uh, – <laughs> We went and ran uh, this river right in Duluth. It's called the Lester River. It's at Lester Park. It's like right in the city limits, you know. And uh, it's got this, you know, we, we went down and the water was pretty high, you know, and it's class five, class four plus, you know, type of stuff. But we get to this drop. It's called Almost Always, short for Almost Always uh, Portage It. But I've been saying Almost Always Run It because, like, it goes really good in a raft you kind of come through this top like diagonal wave and the water is pouring off the left wall. So you come down at about a 45 degree angle, that water that's coming off the left wall pushes your nose to the right and you run about a 30 foot slide into a gigantic hole. And so we're like, you know, me and Clint are up there at the top of the top of the thing. And this guy Casey had never done it before, you know, and he's feeling pretty badass because we just ran this other split rock river and uh we're like dude you got this you know and brian robbins up there and he's going yeah dude like no big deal you got this thing you know and i'm like all right so clint goes off and he has kind of a shitty line like he almost rolls in in the waterfall and i'm like all right you know like i was like oh if you want to watch somebody else run it i'll go run it and brian's like oh i'm gonna do it goes down all right, I don't see him, you know, nothing. I'm like, all right, if you if you get stuck in the hole, blow the whistle because I'm coming down in the raft. I wait about 30 seconds, start paddling in, drop off, have a beautiful line, come through the bottom. You're like, the water is really high, and you come through the bottom, and it's not a hole anymore. There's a 10-foot-tall wave in there. It was taller than my Minimax. And <laughs> the wave come back down the next one. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. And I'm looking at Brian. We're like, all right, here comes Casey. How is he going to do? And he comes down and has a phenomenal line. And uh, we're all, you know, high five. And at the end, Brian goes, yeah, that's my first time I ran it too. I just didn't want to tell you guys and have you psych me out. I was like, hell yeah, brother. You know? And, uh, <laughs> you know now it's like starting to get dark and i'm like well should we go run another creek and they're like sure we go up and we run amity creek gazebo falls it's like a 20 footer underneath the gazebo and stuff like absolutely one of the best days of boating i've had ever you know like it was just it was magical how you know like you get a good crew together and everybody starts vibing and it just turns into like a good like creative positive boating session you know and everything's running and high. That was another thing that we were really lucky is that, you know, we got up there and it was just like it, it rained two inches the day before on top of snow that was melting. So uh, I also saw one of the biggest uh, raftable drops. I think that maybe ever been ran, but, you know, uh, it's it's probably a 400 foot drop that will go in a raft. Uh, on the, uh, it's called the, mo- the they call the rapid the monster and it's a 400 foot drop almost directly into Lake Superior uh, <laughs> it's, 
slide. Okay. And uh, how is it? So how is this runnable in a raft? Well, you got to have balls of steel, Mika. The balls are <laughs> they're your counterbalance, and they're also your motivators. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking like a 400 foot waterfall. Is there like it's multiple boof rocks a, that slow you down tier, as you're falling? It's a multiple tier water slide, and okay. it drops about 400 feet, and it's like trail side. So you like hike up to this trail, and you start going up, and it's like the top of it you come down and there's what i call like a ski jump it's like a little hip you know in the waterfall so like you're gonna mm-hmm. come down in the raft and you're gonna hit that thing and you're gonna f- probably fly halfway down this next slide which is about 40 feet or something like that 30 feet <laughs> in this pool and then you go down another slide that's probably another 100 feet and then the bottom slide is like it kind of looks like a like an easy oceana falls something that uh, you just have to look it up on the internet there's lots of pictures of it but tell me what you think on your next podcast okay because like this thing's on the list now and we'll probably get fired up someday someday all right on my list Um, what'd you say what'd you say the name of these falls were it's onion river the onion river the monster the monster is what they call the, the 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 drop, but I pretty much think it's just this one waterfall. Uh, so that, yeah, then we came home, just got ready for Middle Fork, went out there, we had a good time. Uh, this weekend's the Air, uh, the final stage of the Air Grand Prix over at the Quickitat uh, River, which is about twenty five minutes or something from where I live. So we've been paddling over there a little bit. Uh, we're gonna probably head over on friday for the race where uh me and my partner kobe uh we race uh for team sawyer um uh, and sawyer's based out of southern oregon badass oars and paddles and stuff like that um the uh so anyways uh we got (laughs) the race season has been uh it's it's been a lot of fun uh the air race series is uh the smith river race the wind river race uh they did a race on the Clackamas and now like this is gonna be the last race on the on the Clickitat of the We're up by two wins on the other team. So if we get one win this weekend, we you know take the 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 championship. If they win both races and we get second, they win the championship. So uh oh, I like wow. our odds though. We've beaten them the last four races in a row and um you know they're definitely pissed and definitely sweating it a little bit, but I, I, I just enjoy going out there and competing and hanging out with my friends and, you know, having a good time and going to the after party and causing mayhem and, you know, all, all good <laughs> things. But if I lose, oh, yeah. King is coming out. Oh, the sack King, huh? Sack King, baby. <laughs> oh, uh so aaron where are you uh have your has your guide season started yet yeah yeah i um i haven't been guiding a whole bunch uh just because the work has been kind of slow and there's you know some younger guys in town that are 
you know, kind of needing the work, but it seems overall like it's a little bit slower than, than usual this year. And I think that that has to do a lot with gas prices, expensive plane tickets, things like that, like less people traveling across the country, you know, maybe money's a little bit tighter. I mean, gas is like five sixty a gallon in Cascade Locks. Um, yeah. Like, five dollars and nine cents or something down the road here so i mean yeah i think that's kind of hurting the rafting guys a little bit but hopefully uh and, and the weather i mean it's just been kind of rainy and not super hot so hopefully it's more the weather than the gas prices and things kind of come around but it seems like things are kind of a little bit slow right now yeah once it starts getting hot people will want to get out and get on the rivers yeah especially you know like Portland, Salem, Eugene, you know, like. Yeah, they're not good at the hot. Not good. Yeah, I'm not good at hot. Like, dude, last year <laughs> it was so hot, and I'm from Wisconsin, so it gets over 100 degrees, and I'm, like, seeking air conditioning. Like, I don't even want to be outside. <laughs> places I can be are on the river or in the air conditioning. <laughs> so uh, yeah. most of the time is the uh, the first one. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't do well in the in the heat. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. And it, for whatever reason, when I'm on the river, it can be 115 degrees outside, and it doesn't seem to bother me that much. Um, but if I'm not on the river, if it's over like 85 degrees, I'm like, it's too hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Same way. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'm I'm happy for the nicer weather to be coming around. Like you know, like we had we. It was like 80 degrees today, and I'm like, all right, you know, like, here we go. Uh, we still have a, a shit ton of snow up on Adams and Mount Hood, so we're going to have a really good, uh, well, better than the last couple of years, uh, the water season anyways. Like, um, we're already looking, you know, we're like, I guided a commercial trip earlier this, uh, this spring, and it was like uh the water was so high that you could barely make there's like a log that you go underneath and usually it's you know five feet above the above the raft or something well it was uh it was like you better duck and run into these bushes just to make it under it so uh the guiding that i have done has been actually really fun this year and then you know i always get in a couple trips when i'm up in wisconsin too just to offset the cost of traveling out there and stuff and um, so I've done some trips, but not, I'm not, uh, you know, not as much as usual. Right. Well, Aaron, what would you say your favorite run is? I mean, you've been all over the place. I mean, I mean, just all, like, like, like regionally, I would say like my favorite thing in like West Virginia would be the big Sandy down in the Southeast. Uh, I really like the Tallulah up in the Midwest. I like the Black River and Ironwood. Um, out here, my favorite, you know, thing to run is uh, definitely the Little White Salmon. But uh, and then down by you guys, um, the Cal Salmon's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. um, my favorite I've ran in California is like Brush Creek or maybe Hospital Rock, something like that. Um, yeah, Colorado, I like OB Joyful, I like Daisy, Slate, the, you know, Upper East, like the Quad Crown up in, 
up in Crusty Butte. That's probably my favorite, you know, day of whitewater anywhere. So um, New York was was amazing. Like we ran the uh, the uh, the Beaver Fest up there. Like this is probably like seven or eight years ago. And every year that it comes around, I'm like, man, I sh- I wish I could fuck it. I wish that New York was just like a short drive away because. Like, <laughs> the water out there is amazing like uh the water rights were established you know in the 70s and 80s and um they've got really awesome like access and like releases and stuff like that like up on the up on the black river uh somebody was telling me that like after a certain day if you have like a group of like 20 people or something they'll actually give you your own whitewater release to go run the river and you can request the flow. So like the rafting companies out there could, you know, the people can show up and go, Oh shit, this is a, you know, no offense, but a boy scout group or a girl scout group or something like that. You know, some people that you don't want to necessarily take down at high water and uh, the, the water master will actually cut the water back. We're out there on a day and somebody was showing us down and we made it down the first couple of rapids or whatever, which are, you know, pretty big. One of the rapids is called um, Double Undercut or something. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, Diamond Cutter. And uh, it, it literally is a huge hole that you have to, like, avoid, you know, on the outside of the corner and all the water is pushing into it. And then, like, there's, like, a portage there for commercial trips. And the other side is like a 10 foot, like little runnable waterfall thing. So you don't want a lot of water at the top, but we get halfway down and he's like, Hey, like let's Eddie out, and, you know, like safety meeting or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we're all hanging out. And all of a sudden the siren starts going off. And it's wah, 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 wah. I'm like, Oh, what the fuck is that? You know? And he's like, yeah, they, uh, they'll release more water down here because this is a, uh, like a fun wave train section. And we're sitting at the bottom of like this, this like pool thing. And this like, they turn on like an extra generator or something in the, in the power plant. All of a sudden, like 300 CFS comes spilling out of this like little side creek. I was like, holy shit. You know, all of a sudden it like kind of fills up that pool that we were sitting in. And we look down river and now these like little, you know, these little waves are like nice hits, you know, and I was like, holy shit. And, uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was a big fan in New York. I'd love to get out there and explore some more rivers. Uh, I I love the culture of people from Maine. Uh, That's on my list for someday. Get up there. I kind of like how it's like, you know, every rafting company has a bar. Like, that is totally my fucking style. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's like if you're... That's like a requirement? I don't think it's a requirement, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of the scene is like uh, there's a lot of, you know, rafting companies that's outpost is like a bar, restaurant, resort kind of style um, of place. So uh, people that fucking come from out there, we do like Dolly Fest with them. We've done like Middle Fork trips and they're always so much fun, dude, like the nicest people. Um so yeah, someday I would love to get out there to uh, to Maine as well. You got to have somebody on your show from Maine, for sure. You got to find somebody because uh, they're fun and they like to show their buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, 
if you don't, you're probably just a just a. <laughs> uh, Are we still well, Yeah, no, we're still here. Uh, what would you say your craft of choice is? What's your favorite oh, boat? Man, I I'm really impartial to the to the mini max. I've tried out, you know, a lot of the different brands. Like we raft uh air stuff at the rafting company and I've paddled a lot with like Josh Sheldon and those, you know, the air crew, Dan McCain, Jeff Compton, Mike Williams, and I like their stuff, you know, they make good stuff. But like when I go R wanting, I like how I'm just on top of the water in the high side. Um, I've used the Rocky mountains and their designs are pretty good. Um, there's a couple, you know, little tweaks here and there that they can make to some of their designs, you know, just like tube to weight ratio. Like you put really big tubes on a really small boat. All of a sudden you're floating up like a bobber on top of the water and you get caught in hydraulics and stuff like that. So, um, there's like something, you know, I, I do like the Rocky mountains. There's just like some design tweaks that i would make if it you know if it was my ideal boat uh sotar makes a damn good raft um moravias are decent uh nrs will get you down the river a couple times at least (laughs) (laughs) uh what else is there uh cronins i took my cronin down the truss and blew out all the d-rings but uh you know he's got a really good design uh you know just the basis of a design my buddy uh we saw his picture of his new boat and it this thing is like completely fucking rockered it looks like a playboat or like a creek boat the hall design and uh my buddy comments on there he's like hey why don't you add some more rocker to that thing you know because it is like, <laughs> i'd like to try it out um i have a pack raft I'm not i'm not really a pack rafter just because i'm not a hiker but um pack wraps yeah, are with, fun. with you on that one uh, i like to catch fish on my stand-up paddle board um i don't really do white water with it though um but yeah no i i'm a fan of all boats but I, i'm really impartial to the to the mini max and um it's you know like i you know have been sponsored by high side for years and they've been good to me and you know they make a quality product and you know it stands the test of time i mean dude i'm like pretty rough on my things you know like i just oh, use yeah. them a lot, you know and you know i'm also like apt to be running over trees with my raft and stuff on marsh <laughs> creek you know i like high water and shit so like you know like just the durability factor is is a lot and they're easy enough to fix like you know you can get some glue and throw it together pretty easy kind of like a bike tire patch there's not a lot of you know it's not super it's pretty rudimentary uh, just, to scuff it. On, so just scuff it up and stick scuff it, it and stick it. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, where some of the other boats, you know, like you got a real, you know, the PVC boats are just finicky with the glue and stuff like that. It's just hard to, you know, it's not as easy to get a good repair done on the side of the river or like, you know, when I was living out of the back of my van, just like pop up the easy up or whatever and fix the raft underneath there. I had a shredder and the entire bottom of it was all patches. There had to be been 40 patches on the thing, but it's still like, <laughs> I just add more to it, you know? And then like, you know, I would like get a whole layer of patches and then just put a big patch over the top of all of them. 
like a weather protector. Yeah, like uh, I mean, like I said, rudimentary repairs are pretty easy. Uh, I'm not no raft surgeon. I can't like fix, you know, I can't fix my own sink, you know. <laughs> so like, um, yeah, I'm not an expert repairman by any means. So I I usually just take my stuff in to have it fixed. Actually, when it when it's bad enough, that checks out. It is yeah. a lot easier just to let somebody that that does it and has a shop and same thing with like dry suit gaskets it's like yeah i've replaced my own before and it looks like a third grader did it and now i'm like oh i'll just pay 80 dollars and get it professionally done you know but in a pinch you know like it's good to know it's good stuff to know how to fix your own gear and like especially if like you're getting into it and you're dirtbagging like you better know how to fix your own dry suit because there's been times where i'm like I got $80 for food, gas, weed, everything, you know, like that's my $80 until the next time I get paid or whatever. And, you know, if my neck gasket rips on my dry suit, I could afford 20 bucks for a new gasket and throw it on. But, you know, like it's not ideal either. You know, like I try to try to avoid fixing, you know, shit like that myself just because, yeah, it looks comes out looking like a third grader did it. <laughs> yeah no i hear you on that one i just def- i just dropped off my dry suit at fluid stroke so she could put uh so tanya could put in some new gaskets for me yep it's marsh creek uh i got a, i got one leak in my in my dry suit in the foot and i was like oh well you know actually that's not too bad considering like you go online to read about it and then like the first thing that you know american whitewater doesn't have like any beta on it you know, and you're like, okay, like it just says, like, this is where the put in is and nothing else. And uh, <laughs> I love those runs. Start doing a little Google thing, you know, and like the first article that pops up is Marsh Creek where dry suits go to die. You're like, oh, oh wow. Comments, you know, like, yeah, dude, it's like known for being a gear abusive type of river, you know, like getting back to Marsh, you know, if you're going out there, like, you can expect to break gear or lose something that, you know, was probably pretty fucking expensive. You know, like I broke a, a square top or out there one time, I, you know, like we had rafts get popped. Um, let me think. Oh yeah. I lost my, my uh, astral in the first, in the first four miles of the Creek. So uh, that was my casualty to gear, which, you know, in retrospect, isn't as bad as losing a square top, but um you know, like it, it's just, you know, we lost a dry, you know, one of the kids lost a, a dry box on the trip. His Paco pad came off the raft. We ended up getting that back. I saw a ore in a strainer pile from a different rafting trip. I also saw a K pump in another uh, pile of wood. So, you know, like, you holy can, cow, you pay the, like Snoop said, you pay the cost to see the boss. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Holy smokes. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, Marsh Creek, though, like, you know, it's not like your rogue trip. We, you know, uh, as we were planning the trip, we were just like, don't bring a bunch of shit. Like, don't bring eight down pillows because you don't fucking need them, you know? Like, especially if you got to take everything off your boat and carry it around, you know, Dagger Falls or around a log pile. Like, you don't want to have extra shit to carry, extra trips to make. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Pack so, as light as you can. No houseboats. 
Right. But those are so yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And they take forever <laughs> to rig and get out of strainer piles. <laughs> <laughs> but what, how am I? Yeah, you're not wrong. Down pillows. Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah. It almost seems like an ideal way to run that would almost to be like an ultralight trip where yeah. you have like one dry bag per person and then yeah. like one cooler with everybody's shit in it or something. Yeah. Or, you know, like we've done it before where we go, like people just bring like MREs and stuff like that. And like I just throw in a couple steaks and some brats and like just eat meat the entire time yeah protein protein for every meal um this year we did like group food which is always like fucking interesting like trying to portion it out and then like you know spring trips people are jumping on the trip at the last minute jumping off so you're trying to like coordinate those details you know like our trip went from being like 20 people to 12 you know like five days before the trip which you know, that's pretty much to be expected, you know, when planning a spring trip, especially with a bunch of dirt bags coming from uh, all over the country. It feels like the further that people come from to do a trip like that, the the easier it is to procrastinate and bail, you know, like right. for us, it's not too bad. It's like a five hour drive. But if it was like an 18 hour drive or like, you know, a 30 hour drive or something like that, like. Yeah, it might be a lot easier just to say fuck it. Like I'm just gonna stay home and avoid the wood piles and the <laughs> mayhem. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, yeah. Aaron, it has been good talking with you. Um, yeah. But I think we're gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Well, it's good, uh, good to be on, and yeah, you take care, buddy. For sure. I'll talk to you later. All right.